This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest is one of the most prolific tight ends in today's NFL. Carolina's Greg Olson has 70-plus catches in each of his last four seasons and was voted to the Pro Bowl each of his last three. Greg became the first tight end in NFL history with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons from 2014 through 2016 as well as turning in a six-catch, 113-yard performance in the 2015 NFC title game, which, of course, got Carolina to the Super Bowl. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for being here. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Greg, let me first ask you about last weekend and Mother's Day. I know how special that day is to you with your own mother, Susan, a survivor of breast cancer. In fact, you and your mom raised $100,000 for breast cancer research last weekend at an event in Charlotte, you, of course, were a finalist for the 2016 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for your contribution to your sport and to society. When did you figure out there's more to life than football? You know, it's, it's been kind of a lifelong thing for us to just find ways to impact the community. And, you know, going through what my mom did back when I was in high school. And, you know, we always thought if we had the opportunity with our platform, if we ever got to a place where we could, you know, we could make a cause for change um, and a positive that we would. And, 2009, we launched our um, the Greg Olson Foundation, and breast cancer and cancer was, was our initial, you know, passion, and, and it still remains the same today. We actually run two independent programs through our foundation, uh, Receiving Hope, which is the breast cancer um, initiative in honor of my mother, and then we have the Hardest Yard program that we run here in Charlotte in conjunction with Levine Children's Hospital, which is in response to um, what our son has gone through with his subsequent heart surgeries and, um, you know, his very complex heart effect that he was born with and his struggles with that. So uh, philanthropy is a big part of our life. The man of the year was a great opportunity and great platform for us last year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're very passionate about. Speaking of passion, of course, Panther fans saw you win the NFC in 2015. Uh, then you went from first to worst in the, in the division going six and 10 last year. So which season was more indicative of the town level of, uh, of your team and what we can expect to see in 2017? You know, I, I think all of us would love to say, you know, the Super Bowl run was more the norm. Um, of course, that's that's what everybody's shooting for every year, and that's the ultimate goal. But, you know, obviously we came up short in the Super Bowl, and then, you know, we really came out of the gate slow last year and, and kind of never found our footing. So, you know, we're, we're not shy. We, we understood, you know, we, we kind of addressed our issues head on. We were never shy and made excuses. We understood where our shortcomings were, and we feel like we've, We've attempted to address them both culturally and, and player and performance-wise. And I think that's the, the fun thing about the NFL is it's always it's always a, uh, you know, a moving target, and it's always you know, a, a different story every year. We're speaking with Carolina tight end Greg Olson on the Talk of Fame Network, and we're lucky to have him. Greg's on his way to his son's baseball game. Uh, Greg, let me ask you the same question that Ryan asked you about the team. I'm going to ask you that about your quarterback, and that's Cam Newton. Of course, he was the NFL MVP in 2015, but we all know what happened last year. His production fell off dramatically. Uh, I think 21 touchdowns he was down in 2016. Anyway, a leading question, but I'll ask it anyway. Which season was the aberration, 15 or 16? I think last year, again, was, was a combination of a lot of factors. Um, a lot of those happened to impact the quarterback position, you know, the play around you, injuries, performance, um, you know, I think all those things. And you know, I think his MVP year obviously was was a better collective effort by everybody, and 
and as a byproduct, you know, he played better and he had more opportunities. And anytime you win, you know, it's always looked at through a different lens. Um, you know, when you're winning and you're 15 and 0 or you know, 15 and 1 or whatever, we finish the regular season. You know, everyone looks at things with a little bit of a more optimistic outlook. You know, I think when you're struggling and you can't find your way, you know, it's very easy to be a uh, to be a critic nowadays. It's very easy to find fault. Uh, we have a lot, you know, that, that seems to be our, our culture now. And I think last year was a combination of all that. Greg, since the NFL realigned in 2002, the NFC South is the only division that has sent all four of its teams to a Super Bowl. Your division, of course, has won the last two NFC titles. So what makes the division so competitive? Is it the weather, the quarterbacks, the coaching? What? Yeah, I mean, I think the quarterback's a big part of it. You know, I think when you when you look at our, our division, it's really a pretty quarterback-driven league across all four teams. Um, you know, if you have a quarterback in this league, you got a chance. Uh, we're one of the few divisions that have four. You know, kind of a mixed bag. we got some veteran guys that have done it for a long time. we got guys like Cam who are kind of in the, kind of the prime of their career age-wise and have shown what they can do. And then you know, young guys like Jameis, who kind of came in at, like Cam to a number one pick, and, you know, obviously his play has been pretty good over the years, and he's, you know, helped them each year just continue to get better, get better, kind of along the similar line that we had in Cam's first year. So, and then, of course, Matt Ryan, you know, back-to-back quarterback MVPs. Uh, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better division at the quarterback position than, than the NFC South, and, you know, I think that's probably as big a factor as anything. I think you have good coaches. Um, I think you know, Dan Quinn's a great coach. Uh, obviously, Ron has proven what he can do. You know, Dirk Cutter has really evolved into a very good head coach. And, and then, of course, Sean Payton's a Super Bowl winner. So, you know, we got, you know, we got the quarterbacks. We got the coaches. It's, uh, that's a good place to start. Now, you went to high school in, in Jersey, but you ended up playing college ball at, at uh, University of Miami. And since 2000, the U has had nine tight ends drafted, including five first-rounders, yourself and Bubba Franks and Jockey and, and Kellen Winslow, uh, and then the most – Recent draft, David Njoku. How much was the history of, of that position and that school connected to the, the recruiting pitch they gave you and, and you ending up there? I mean, when I was coming out, 2003 graduation class, when I was coming out, you know, Miami was, was the king dog. You know, they were, they were really the, the premier, you know, team in the league and, you know, around the country. And, you know, to be recruited by them was an unbelievable experience, obviously. Um, coming off back-to-back national title games, won one, lost one. You know, they were the, the creme de la creme, and to be recruited by them and have an opportunity to follow in that line of tight ends, guys that you just mentioned, was something that was very appealing to me. You know, that led to me going down there. Well, Greg, speaking of tight ends, I'll keep it on that subject. There are only eight of them in the Hall of Fame, and John Mackey, who the three of us remember, he was uh, selected the tight end on the NFL's 50th anniversary team. He had to wait 15 years to get to Canton. Mike Ditka, who we all know, of course, was the tight end on the 75th anniversary team, he had to wait 12 years. Now, you play that position... What are Hall of Fame voters missing about the tight end position? I just don't think they're, they really have a great idea of what it is. You know, some of those guys that you mentioned kind of played before the tight end position really became a, you know, kind of in vogue position and became, you know, a, a legitimate high-level offensive skill position. I think it was always kind of looked at as, you know, guys that are too slow to play receiver and guys that aren't big enough to play offensive line. Well, I think people are now seeing that that combination of, playing and the amount of responsibility you have and then on top of all that to be just as productive as some of the top receivers while actually having to do you know a lot more you know in the run game and the blitz protections and the pass protections and then also go out there and you know go for over a thousand yards and and catch 80 balls there's not a lot of guys who can do that and I think people are really starting to wise up to that and I think we've seen in the last 10 years you know the tight end position has really become a a pretty you know formidable uh, position around the league 
And, uh, you know, I don't think that's by accident. I just think it, it sounds easier than it is. You know, I think teams are desperate every year trying to find that next guy. There's, there's not a ton of them, but the guys that you have can really make a difference. Greg, you may be playing in the golden era of tight ends. Get Gonzalez and Witten both in the top ten. Gonzalez, Gronkowski, yourself. So you've been in the NFL since 2007. How has the position evolved in those last ten years? You know, I just think there's been more and more guys. You know, when I was in high school, um, you know, guys like Tony Gonzalez were at the top of the game. I'll never, you know, Jason Witten was my host when I went to Tennessee, and here he is still playing in the league all these years later. You know, there's a two, you know, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Fame guys right there. You know, and then some of the young influx of guys, obviously Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham and, you know, some of the young guys that are come, kind of coming onto the scene now. It's, you know, I think teams are really starting to, to wise up and, and see what those guys can do for their team and, you know, what they can do for their offenses and the pressure that it puts on opposing defense. But like I said, there's, there's not a lot of them, right? I think there's a reason there's only so many guys in can. I think there's a reason that, you know, it's kind of the usual suspects every year at the top of the production list at that position. You know, it's, they're constantly looking for them. You know, this was a rare draft and the fact that there was a ton of them. But, you know, before this draft, you know, it's been a while since there was some other top tight ends come in the first round. And you know, I just think that's just a matter of teams want them. But, you know, there's only so many of them. Hey, Greg, we got to run. But thanks so much for the time. You know, we had your head coach on earlier and we said best of luck with the season. For you, however, we're going to say best of luck with your son's baseball game. <laughs> thanks, man. I got a lot of pressure on me. These parents want to win. They they all they all say it's fun in games, and they, oh, it's just about the kids. And all of a sudden, the game gets tight, and they all start yelling, "What's going on?" I said, "It's not that easy. Gotta, <laughs> this is stressful. Six and seven year old baseball is not easy." <laughs> hey, Greg, thanks so much. That was Carolina tight end Greg Olson. Up next, it's Borges or Bogus. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Ron Rivera, and you listen to the Talk of Fame Network.